Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy basketball analysis and free premium tools for fantasy basketball that will help you win your league. Go check them out right now at HashtagBasketball.com. I'm your host, Mike Katrin. And joining me as always is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Michael, I got to ask, would you pay $100 a month to not see the Warriors? Uh, I already do. <laughs> okay, fair. So I don't understand this thing. Can, maybe you can explain it to me. Like, I, I, have, I have seen this article that you're talking about, but, but explain it to the listeners. So basically the Warriors are the first team ever in any professional sport basically to offer this $100 monthly pass where you can come into the stadium but you don't have a seat. So basically like all you can do is like visit the bars inside the arena and watch the game on television but you cannot actually there, go like into the bowl and see it. Now there's no there's no standing room. No, cuz like in, in the article I read, like they mentioned other teams doing that standing room only thing, and they're like, "This is completely different." Basically, you get inside the arena, but you cannot, like, you don't get to even enter the bowl. Hmm. You're not even allowed to see the court. You can like, like, if you come early enough, I'm sure you can like go down like where all the. Yeah, well, and, like, you know how fans, like, pool at, like, entrances and exits to, like, way before the game and, like, get autographs from players and stuff like that? I'm sure if you come early enough, you can probably do that. But, like, once the game starts, you are not, like, in allowed in the bowl. So, I mean, Chicago does standing room only. And, in fact, when I go to the game, I'll go out and get a drink. And I'm always surprised by the amount of people at the United Center who are watching the game from the bar. At the United, like at the United Center, it's like, what do you and watching like other sports on TV? It's like, why are you here if you're not watching the basketball game? But if you think about it like this, this is the only way I would, uh, the only way I would do it. I would pay a hundred dollars to go to the Warriors games in the month of April and May. Well, you know, the playoff games are not included. Then I'm out. It's that's absolutely. Positively ridiculous. I mean, you're thinking it's, it's probably like what, like eleven dollars a game. That's not really terrible. Yeah, and you got to think about it this way too. Like, I mean, there are a lot of bars that card charge like cover charges. So, I mean, really, is it any different? That probably not. You know what I mean? Like, you're probably just paying it to the Warriors instead of some local bar. Yeah, but you're probably not getting a very good uh, drink deals. So you're basically paying a premium to go pay a premium. On your beers, uh, that seems seems like a bad idea. Unless you lived like four blocks away, and that was like you're gonna be your hangout. Don't do it. And also, like, here's a little pro tip for everybody uh, out there, all the listeners: if you're still paying cover charges to go into bars that don't have live music, chances are there's a bar within a two minute walking distance. Only if you if you're in a major city, I would assume. Um, chances are there's a bar within walking distance that also serves alcohol for free. You don't have to pay to get in. Yeah, I don't know. I never understand this whole, like, cover charge business because, like, even when there's a band playing, like, I get they give the money probably to the band, but at the same time, like, if you're really just going to drink, like, most bars play music, so I don't really understand. Yeah, I think if, <laughs> if someone is inter- is is actually entertaining you, uh, then I it, that warrants a cover charge. But if you're going to drink, the and especially if you're in a major, major city, there's plenty of places to drink that are certainly cool and do not need a cover charge. Just stop paying cover charges, everybody. Just stop. Just walk away. Uh, secondarily to that thought, uh, thoughts on your man Taj Gibson's comments from today? Oh, what did, what did uh, the most underrated player in the NBA say? Uh, basically that he was cool coming off the bench and that he, he thought the trade was a good thing for the, the Wolves and that he was fine coming off the bench. Uh, all right. I mean, is he saying he's coming off the bench or he's saying he's fine coming off the bench? Because I'm pretty sure Tom Thibodeau isn't going to 
play Taj Gibson off the bench. Um, hold on. I will try to find the exact quote for you, but yeah, um, I, we talked about this. We talked about this in our last episode. Uh, the Sarich is probably the most interesting fantasy piece here. His, his value could go way up with this trade or it could go way down with this trade. And because Tom Thibodeau plays his starters like 35 minutes or more, and he plays the bench like 15. Yeah, and sometimes not even 15, right? Sometimes zero, and that was one of the big complaints Jimmy had was that he refuses to play anyone on the bench. Um, yeah, it's very, very strange. Uh, tonight, you know, the, the trade hasn't gone through yet, so these players haven't shown up. Uh, Gorgie Dang and Tolliver played a combined of 26 minutes. Okay, if if they're going to replace both of those guys with Sarge, that's nice, but that's not that's not going to happen. Um unless Taj is going to move to center sometimes, that'd be interesting. Uh, it'd be interesting in this stage of Thibodeau's career if he tries to do something new with rotations when he really, he never has. Yeah, that's not, that's not happening. Do you think uh, Rose, is, like Rose has got to be the odd man out here and Rose is having an excellent uh, season. Yeah, but I mean, how how much of that do we think is going to turn into a pumpkin naturally? And I mean, there's a little bit of worry that I mean, he's definitely one of Tibbs's guys. So, you know, what I mean, like he could take he could siphon some of these minutes off some of these other players. Um, I don't I don't really worry about Robert Covington just because I think Robert Covington is very much a Tibbs guy. Yeah, um, Tibbs is going to love Robert Covington. In fact, uh, he might psycholy play him 38 minutes, like a couple – every third game or something. Um, we talked yeah. about Jeff Teague. Jeff Teague uh, having a nice game tonight without Jimmy Butler in the lineup. So uh, a lot of people kind of said that Jeff Teague has been injured, worried about maybe what his he's going to look like this season. We are still uh, by, a, a buy on Jeff Teague here. Gibson said he didn't care. He can play off the bench starting. It didn't really matter to him. He was fine coming off the bench. I just listened to the quote again. Okay. I mean, that doesn't guarantee me anything there. I still think if you are in the bottom half of your league and you need to take a risk, uh, see if you can trade uh, for Sarge for a, you know, a bottom half, bottom tier player. Why not? Like, what, good news is, is he could be playing 35 minutes a game. And bad news is he could be dropped within a week. Um, the chances, other co- chances are you're going to have to wait for that guy, uh, to, the guy who ha- owns Sarge, to drop Sarge once Sarge only plays like 15 minutes a game. I'd still pick up Sarge and see what happens. The other question that kind of arose for me today was, back to that Derek Rose thing, does he take minutes off Andrew Wiggins? Hmm. Are we sure Andrew Wiggins is good at basketball? Probably a little bit. I would think so. I think Covington uh, will sh- like kind of seep into Wiggins and Rose's minutes because he can play kind of those positions. Andrew Wiggins is, is not good at basketball. Andrew Wiggins sucks. So um, probably a little bit of a dip for Wiggins there too, which is something I – uh, I don't think we talked too much about because I don't want to talk about Andrew Wiggins because I don't know why you have him on your team. Well, I mean, we saw him Wiggins be able to score twenty points a game, and it, yeah. at, that, at that point mm. in his career, like that's—I mm. mean, it's just, it's just like owning any other one category guy, right? If someone blocks two shots a game, are you going to own him? Sure. I mean, that would mm. be the same thing as someone who scores twenty points. Like they're not maybe not helping you a ton anywhere else, and Wiggins makes his free throws and shoots a not terrible free throw or field goal percentage. Um, So he's kind of helping you maybe even in more categories than a guy who just blocks shots. Sure. Uh, Andrew Wiggins still sucks. Uh, Let's talk about the team that Minnesota played tonight, actually. Uh, Brooklyn Nets, uh, Karis LeVert, uh, brutal, uh, basically ankle leg break, uh, a la Gordon Hayward last season. Uh, very gruesome. Do not do not go watch the video. Um, I did not watch the video. I'm not going to. I don't like to watch that kind of stuff. It is uh, apparently fairly horrific, and he's going to be out for the rest of the season, which is a shame because Karis LeVert was having a bre- the breakout season a lot of people thought he could have. 
Uh, Karis LeVert looked like he was uh, going to be probably one of the uh, top nominees for most improved player this year. And that has come to an end. And sadly, you know, we, we, we do not wish injuries on really anyone, uh, it, it, you know, except for players you certainly hate. But even then, I don't really wish uh, injuries upon players I hate. Um, with Karis LeVert out for the rest of the season, fantasy-wise, that does mean there are quite a few minutes to replace uh, Karis LeVert's starting minutes with. And also his usage. So he was getting a very high usage in Brooklyn. Um, Tyler, is there anyone on this team you are willing to pick up from the bench? Maybe a Spencer Dimwitty. Yeah. So things get very interesting with the nets and once we're saying this, like we've seen Kenny Atkinson kind of love to hover players around that 30 minute, a game mark. Um, they're still starting Jared Dudley and playing him a lot more minutes than I ever thought he would play. Really, the guys who take over for this Levert injury, I think Hollis Jefferson started tonight. I think he's finally getting his legs under him a little bit. So he's yeah, available on your waiver wire. I think he's definitely worth a pickup. And I don't know if the Levert injury really had anything to do with that, though. No, I think what you'll see is, though, the ball be in Hollis Jefferson's hands more since Levert is out. I think uh, D'Angelo Russell's never been shy in trying to take possessions of shots, so expect a little uptick there he shot 15 three-pointers tonight yeah that's all that's all it needs to be said about his shooting right he doesn't care man he just he's a fire he always has been yeah i'm not terribly surprised by that somehow the i mean i'm just gonna throw out a stat here uh from this game uh one of the teams tonight shot 80 field goals and the other team shot 101 field goals Tyler, which team shot 80 and which team won? Uh, the Brooklyn Nets shot the 80 and the Wolves won? That is incorrect. The Wolves won and they shot 80 field goals to Brooklyn's 101. Can you, that's insane. I don't, I'd actually like to see some, uh, some deep dive basketball reference to see if there is a bigger discrepancy in a win. Well, that's – yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. And obviously the Wolves shot a few more free throws, but – it's just insane. The, the Nets took 53 pointers tonight. 50. Yeah, and only made 18 of them. So, and half of those were made by D'Angelo Russell. You, so, you, you realize 18 out of 50 is like relatively the league average, right? Like 36% from three is. Yeah, that's know, not the worst. It's not terrible. So, it's relatively what the league average player shoots. They should have shot all their shots from three then. I, maybe they could have uh, cut the game a little bit closer. So here's the thing. I'm with you. Russell probably gets a bump in his usage. And I don't know that he really plays any more minutes, but he probably gets a few more shots. Um, Joe Harris is a three-point shooter. He doesn't do a ton else, but he's going to shoot a lot of threes. So if you're looking to stream three-pointers, that's fine. Um, I think Damari Carroll and Alan Crabb probably play a little bit more. And neither one of them have great fantasy games. So Yeah, I think that's why I lean on Spencer Dinwiddie. Like, if you're going to take a shot in the dark, if you want to take a flyer on somebody who's definitely on your waiver wire, Spencer Dinwiddie in a standard league is probably worth a flyer because he has in the past been uh, proven that he is a fantasy asset when he plays starters minutes. Don't count on that like you got last year. Uh, well, and here's the other good. thing, too. Like, he's not going to probably have the ball in his hands as much with Russell yeah. out there. Like, they're kind of going to be sharing it and doing the two-point guard thing um, when they're sharing the court. So, yeah, I mean, Dinwiddie's a fine add. Um, I don't know that I'm dropping somebody I think is a top 100 player for him because I'm not sure Dinwiddie's that kind of value for the rest of the season. Yeah, I agree. I'm not going to drop a top 100 player. This is more like an end-of-the-bench type of flyer to see maybe if the minutes come. Uh, if Ronnie Hollis Jefferson's available, though, uh, that's that's the that's the number one pickup here. And uh, we are talking about uh, waiver wire pickups here. So Ronnie Hollis Jefferson probably at the top of that list. Uh, we are us- as usual uh, at the beginning of the week. We like to go see who is the most dropped and added players, both on Yahoo and ESPN. I am still not sure ESPN knows how to run a database because none of these numbers really make any sense on percentage owned. Uh, we do think there might be something wrong with the way they calculate these numbers. Uh, we also think that maybe they're forcing everybody to play in points leagues now. 
and that's a, a huge. I just don't understand some of these uh, numbers I see on ESPN. So we're going to lean as we have this season towards Yahoo's uh, trends. And I want to start out with a player that um, has been in the news a lot lately. And this is not an ad. This is a drop. Carmel Anthony being dropped almost uh, everywhere right now. Good call on dropping Carmel Anthony. Yeah, 100%. I mean, he's not playing with an illness, but I mean, everything that Woj and Shams and, and a lot of the basketball insiders are saying is basically that he there's not really part of the rotation and D'Antoni wants to play Gary Clark over him. And I mean, sure. Maybe he gets waived in the next couple of days and he goes to another team, but who's really going to make Carmelo Anthony their number one guy? Like no one, unless he's going to play for a really bad team. And if you're a really bad team, why sign Carmelo Anthony? Like, I don't see how that's really beneficial for your team. Especially if you got young, like young talent trying to develop, like Carmelo Anthony chucking twenty shots a game isn't really helping that. Yeah, you should probably be dropping Carmelo Anthony at this point. Um, not just not worth owning. Uh, just miserable. It's I, the the hate on Melo probably has gone too far. Um, not in the sense of like his fantasy game, but just in the sense that like. Oh, he's a worthless player. It's, I, I think he has a a spot on an NBA team, just not at the salary that he's getting paid. You know. Well, and the teams now can pay him the veteran minimum. I mean, two point four million. He shot relatively league average from three each of the last two seasons. I mean, he still makes his free throws for the most part. He gets you like six rebounds a game. He can still score the ball. Just He never had a super fantasy-friendly game to begin with because he never really got steals and blocks, and he still doesn't. So now he's shooting a really bad field goal percentage. Like, There's just a lot of downside to Carmelo's upside. Um, if he gets picked up and is going to play 30 minutes a night, though, I mean, you could see the situation to – add him for the 16 points he's probably going to score. Yeah. It's uh it's it's safe to say drop him in pretty much all formats except for maybe your deep deep leagues. Uh let's talk about some of the ads though. Um good call. This is if you want to um be ahead of the game, go check out hashtagbasketball.com Tyler's week 5 primer. Uh Tyler writes that every single week to prime you for the upcoming week and uh quinn cook uh off to a nice uh start um when it comes to ads because last week with steph curry out he uh played very very well in that in that point guard role um do we have any word on curry right now they rolled him out for uh monday and tuesday of this week at this point, they haven't done anything else, um, but they haven't really said that he's coming back either. Uh, they really don't have any reason. They play another back-to-back this week, so I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he missed the whole week. Um, you and I both play in a Roto League where there's kind of weekly lineup locks, and because the Warriors were playing five times, I knew they rolled out Curry on Monday and Tuesday before the lineup locked, but I left him in the lineup. I don't really think that he plays, but at the same time, I think that even a game or two from Steph Curry is worth that gamble. Yeah, I would agree. It's uh, it's worth it because Steph Curry is Steph Curry, but uh, if you are not in a uh, kind of a weekly lock league, then I think uh, Quinn Cook is a uh, must-add, and a lot of people are, out there going out there and adding him. That makes a ton of sense. Also, another player we've mentioned before, on the podcast, uh, Tyler, this is your guy, Terrence Ross, being finally added in a lot of leagues. Uh, seems like people have caught on to how good Terrence Ross is, but you were, you were ahead of that game, Tyler. So good call on that one as well. He dropped 21 um, on Monday night against the Wizards, and the Wizards finally got themselves a win over the Magic. Uh, Congratulations, Washington, I guess. Yeah, I mean, Ross just has had a fantasy-friendly game for quite a few years, and just he was injured last year, and people are just way too quick to forget about people. 
always, uh, especially when it comes to injuries. Um, I'm sure Karis LeVert will be forgotten by this time next year, and uh, that will be a nice pickup next Here's year, the... uh, hopefully, because hopefully he is back at 100%. So, so LeVert is going to be one of those players where there's going to be two camps, and it'll be interesting to see where the sites put it, because some people are going to be like, oh, man, he was on his way to break it out, blah, blah, blah. Like, he's a top 30, 40 player. And that's where, like, they're going to want to draft him. And then the other people are going to be like, oh, but he didn't play. And we saw how slow Gordon Hayward's coming back last year and this and that and the other thing. And they're going to want to put him, like, outside the top 100. So well, it would be, would... like, really interesting to see. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I, I would actually base what happens with Gordon Hayward's recovery this year on how I will treat Karis LeVert next year with a little caveat that Karis LeVert is quite a bit – well, maybe not quite a bit younger, but solidly younger than Gordon Hayward. So that recovery time might be a little bit more expedited just due to Karis LeVert's youth. Yeah, but you also got to remember, too, he's a month behind. Like, he did it on the very first night of the season. We're like a month into the season now. So um, he's a month behind Gordon Hayward's recovery, too, such that it's the same injury. Um, Gordon Hayward had an extra month to recover. Yeah, that is true. Uh, Terrence Ross only um, on the Magic only owned in thirty one percent of leagues. Wow, I feel that's, like... a, that's impressive though. It was five percent last week when we yeah. talked about this. So big twenty five percent of people listen. Yeah, big upswing. Uh, shout out to all our <laughs> listeners. I assume you are twenty five. The the amount of listeners we have is twenty five percent of people who are playing in Yahoo leagues. So shout out to all of you. Great call on picking Terrence Ross up. Uh, another guy that is near and dear to my heart, the starting point guard for the Chicago Bulls, Ryan Archie on Archie I don't know how to say his name because it's so bad. <laughs> Archie Diacono. Oh yeah, Archie Diacono. I I watch the game and every time he touches the ball, I pretend it's someone else. So I love how it's Archie, but there's no H in it. Archie Diacono. Um, it should starting be, for the Bulls. It playing. should be Arca Diacono if if you're like actually phonetically sounding it out, but apparently he doesn't play by the rules of English. No, he also barely plays by the <laughs> rules of basketball. Um, like I said, I really, really try to pretend that he is not on the floor when watching these Bulls games, but he is, and he's been hitting some threes and getting the occasional assists. And he, if there is one thing this guy does, he plays as hard as humanly possible because really that's the only way he could stay on the court. Is he worth picking up in a standard league? No, this is the largest. If you look at his like stat line right now, it's the largest line of unsustainable production I've seen in a while. Like he's shooting 53% from the field but he's taking four and a half field goal attempts a game. Three of those are three pointers and he's shooting 52.8% on threes. So he's either the best three point shooter in NBA history, or this is not going to sustain you decide. It could be that teams think a, a fan has stood up to go (laughs) get like a beer and is near the ba- like the sideline, and then they realize, oh no, that is an uh, actual basketball player that was supposed to be guarding. And that he's so open, he keeps making all those shots. That could be what's happening here. Yeah. Um, so he replaced Cameron Payne in the starting lineup. Not saying much for yourself again. Um, uh, not 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 a surprise. Cameron Payne is absolute trash. I don't what? know how he didn't get waived last year. Here's the thing, though. Why are they even – I mean, I get that the, their wing options aren't super good, but why are they even playing like a point guard? Just give Zach Levine the ball, and, and Zach Levine shoots two-thirds of their shots anyways. Not quite, but he shoots like eight-third of their shots. Pretty close. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, I just – I don't know why they don't – I mean, because Zach Levine is not a ball handler. He's not a distributor. Even though I, he's tr- he's trying, He's he just isn't. And um, – I get why they don't want to run him at point, but like at this point, if your choices are Cameron Payne or Archie Diacono, uh, you might. You yeah, might they've been playing a little like Shaq Harris. Like, come on now. Like, let's just. Yeah. The, the Suns who had no point guard didn't want Shaq Harris. Yep. That's <laughs> just how bad the situation has gotten in Chicago. Yet, 
you know, they're, they're winning more games than the Phoenix Suns. So, hmm, just just throwing that out there. Um, if you want to talk about Bulls players, Wendell Carter Jr. obviously should be owned in most <laughs> leagues, but uh, Archana, Archie Diacono, no thank you. And, and one guy I wish they would just play more is uh, Chandler Hutchinson. Um, that guy's already better than Jabari Parker. Well, I don't know about all that, but here's the other thing too. Like he's not that young. Like I, I don't get, especially as injured as they are. Right. I mean, Portis is out. Markinen's out. Denzel Valentine's out. Like they don't really have anyone they should be playing. Like they're playing Antonio Blakeney and like these guys that it's like, who, who is this? Like why Hutchinson's only playing 15 minutes a game is a little bit puzzling, but it is Fred Hoiberg. Yeah. It is certainly Fred Hoiberg, who uh, is a baffling coach, but uh, has been starting to get a little bit of uh, buzz for at least designing good plays, even if he's not a good just like player coach or a coach coach or good at figuring out rotations. Apparently he has been designing plays to get certain people open, um, and uh, you can go check that out on The Athletic, even though they don't sponsor us, so I don't know why I'm giving them a plug. Um, let's talk about a few other of these big pickup guys out here, um, on Yahoo. Let's see. Oh my God. Who is this guy? <laughs> Who is this guy? This is, a, this is a very professional start to this, this player. <laughs> Who is this guy? Who is this guy? Derek White. We talked a little bit about Derek White. Um, as a uh, week five primer in the last episode, as a guy you want to pick up off the uh, the waivers to to play for the rest of the week. But uh, Derek White being picked up, not just for that, but I think for a lot of people as a chance that he is a, a starting point guard and will have good assist stats on this Spurs team. Uh, against Houston, he had eight assists and uh, not all the way through the Sacramento Kings game, which surprisingly this Kings-Spurs game actually – might matter in the long uh in the long term uh it's only in the third quarter but he's already got five assists and so it does look like they are allowing white uh to to play as a as a distributor with the first team yeah i mean i think that's not that surprising the problem for white is when some of these other guys come back what I mean, like some people are like, oh, he's a definite ad. And I think he is while he's starting, but some people make it seem like his value is going to last the whole season. Well, they've got some other guys that, you know, could come back and, and siphon some minutes there. I mean, we're talking Lonnie Walker and, and you know, I I don't know. I don't really know what to think about White still. I mean, we've seen a couple good games, but um, the sample size is still way, way too small for Derek White. Um, the question for me about white and, and Lonnie Walker is really not a point guard is, is he a really a point guard? Like, is this guy a truly a point guard? I, I don't know the answer to that question. They, they list him as a point guard. So if he can get some assists, the minute should be relatively safe for the rest of the season. And 30 minutes of any starter on the Spurs sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, I agree. Um, I would just, I would actually just, you know, it's that time of year, take a flyer, on the guy, see what happens. But you got to know that uh, w- once people get healthy, uh, you know, the, that his value is going to slip. And so selling high on a guy like that is very important. Uh, it's harder to do because people are already aware that uh, he is uh, just kind of a temporary starter. And if you can't get anything for it, well, you got those starts out of it, and that's, that's good enough. So uh, Derek White, I think, is a must-pick-up. Uh, for this week, I'm going to run through a couple guys, and I'm going to ask Tyler. I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to. This is a new segment on a, a, the waiver wire episode. I'm going to talk about guys who are owned in 50% of leagues or less on Yahoo. I'm going to ask Tyler if they are worth owning in a 12-team standard league. For the next month, what do you think about that? Very specific. Is the first one Derek White? Because I will say, 
that Pau Gasol is due back on Sunday and Lonnie Walker is due back on Thursday, according to our friends at Basketball Monster. Meaning we're going to find out pretty quick how much value Derek White has for the rest of the season. Like those are probably about the only two. I mean, Murray's not coming back right towards ACL. So we're looking at those two guys coming back and man, pop still doing the crazy stuff with rotations. Like tonight he played 11 guys. Like he literally played everybody he had except for uh, Chimezi Mitu, who's a rookie. Um, and Pop's White's... always doing weird stuff with the rotation. That's why he's pop. Yeah, and and here's the reality: like it's a close game against the Kings, and White's probably at most gonna play like 26, 27 minutes, and he's not in foul trouble or anything like that causing that. So, man, um, I think some people are making Derek White seem like he's a much safer ad than he is. Sure. I, I think you're you're not off by that. He's owned in very few leagues. Um Derek White. I just you know, it's 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 kind of like a why not situation with Derek. Oh White, yeah, definitely it? like the flyer thing is fine, but I mean I've heard some clamoring and, and some questions about like am I gonna be able to hold him for the rest of the season? And I'm like mm. I I don't know. I honestly don't. Like maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, it's a possibility. I think it's simply because it is a possibility, it is worth that flyer. Uh, he's only in 45% of leagues, which is actually more than I thought it would be. Uh, that has gone up pretty drastically, but that is why he's been in the most added list. You know, when he came less. back, he was only like 20, about 20% owned, I believe. That's that's a good jump for him. Um, so, yeah, all these guys coming up are owned in 50% of leagues or less. Should people pick up and own Jeremy Lamb for the next month? No, pro- no, I'm going to go with no. Wow. Standard league, no. And the thing about Charlotte is they love to split those minutes between Lamb and Batum and Bridges and this person and that person, and I think it's just going to be a headache. Um, look at Gilchrist is out on Tuesday, and he hurt his ankle, um, and then there's no real word on how much time he's going to miss. But if you look at – the game log for Mr. Jeremy Lamb um, in every game in November, which has been five games, he's played 23, 24, 23, 24, 25 minutes. Like in, in 25 minutes, like sure, he's going to get you points, but what else is he really going to do? Like he's had a hot run of steals recently. Um, we've never really seen him be much of a steals guy. In 24 minutes last year, he got 0.8 steals. So if you're really into 12 points, Sure, I guess you can own him, but other than that, like, how's he really going to help you? Yeah, like, the the opportunity isn't there, right? He's a decent player, and it, he's ranked decently as well. But but, but that's ba- on the back of one. That's like a steal. Yeah, that's a stream. That's a stream type of player, not an own type of player. Well, and you know, you got you got to expect some big steal regression coming, like one point two, and his career high last year played about the same minutes. He's point eight, so like. He's definitely way overperforming in that category, and he's way overperforming in free throws. I mean, I shouldn't say way overperforming. He's shooting ninety-one percent. He's like a career eighty-four percent shooter. Just a lot of like a few things that's really not sustainable with his production and what he's producing right now isn't that great. So yeah, stream him for sure. If you need points? Do you need twelve points? Great. If you need four rebounds, great. Pick him up. Just I wouldn't be holding that guy in a standard league. Like I don't think he's good enough. Fair. Uh, this guy is also owned. This guy is a, a, one of Tyler's favorite players. Uh, Shea Gildas Alexander owned in less than 50% of leagues. I'm thinking this is a definite pickup and hold for the next month. This is a pickup and hold for the rest of the season. Um, so we can go back to my preseason talk about Shea Gildas Alexander. And I think that happened a lot sooner than even I expected. Um, He's finally starting, right, the last couple games. Uh, last three games he started. Uh, he played 35 and 39 minutes in the last two games. Now that's with Avery Bradley out. And this team has a lot of guard options that they can go to. But at the same time, Shea Gill just looks great. Um, he's going to be good in steals and blocks, which is huge for a point guard type player. Like, he, I don't know if you want to consider him a point guard or not. Like, um, basketball reference for him as a point guard. He's kind of a combo-y guard type. Um, and they got a lot of options to play there, but he's going to produce a really diverse stat line, I think. And I, I mean, I'm a big fan of Shea Gilders Alexander. Yeah, you can see him 
consistently getting a little bit better, getting a little bit more confidence, and also getting a little bit more playing time in L.A., and that's all the positive indicators uh, coming together that you need to be like, all right, uh, he might be on the waiver wires. It might be an up and down uh, next month or so, but this is a player who has potential. Uh, He's going to have interesting stat lines, uh, help you in categories that are hard to find off the waiver wire anyway. Um, So I think that's a definite pickup and hold for Gilders Alexander. Um, The next guy on this list is kind of a – I don't know. I don't know what to say about I don't I don't want to say about this guy because he's in he's a, a sandwich. He's, he's a well, he's a guy who I feel like everybody owns and everybody drafts at some point. Um Markeith Morris. He, it's the least exciting player, but a player who can who produces pretty well at times and then at other times plays 15 minutes. Yeah, and the Wizards are kind of a little bit of a hot mess right now, and they're doing some platooning in some ways with him and Kelly Oubre. Like sometimes they play smaller against certain matchups. Um, he's playing only twenty five minutes a game, which is the you know least he's played in the last three seasons. Um, man, Morris is a guy like you've mentioned who just kind of seems to ebb and flow a lot. Um, Obviously, the production's pretty far down right now. He's shooting only 43%. He's a career 45% shooter. Um, I think better things are probably to come, but I'm not in love with what he's giving you right now for sure. It's It feels like one of those guys you pick up because you know he's going to play. I mean, and that's the weird thing. Sometimes you don't at this point. That's that's what the problem is. Uh, but he, you know that when he does play, he does produce. Yeah, it was the same thing with his brother when he played in Detroit, right? Marcus Morris, like, he would always play big minutes, and he was always a great stream because he was always seemed to be on the waiver wire, and he'd always play, like, 30 minutes a game. Yeah, and then in those 30 minutes, uh, usually okay, sometimes incredible, sometimes just, like, dropping 25 points. Yeah, so, I mean, he's, would I hold him for the next month? Is that the question? Because the answer to that is probably no. Like in a standard yeah, is, he, is, he worth, like, yeah, is he worth being on a standard team league for the next month? No. But he's definitely worth streaming in the games that he plays, but for holding him, I probably wouldn't. All right. Um, yeah, I think I'm probably with you on that one as well. Okay, last guy, because you know, it's getting a, little, getting a little slim here. Down under 50%. And, no, we'll say that. Like I use that as the cutoff for my article. Um, my weekly article on hashtag basketball.com that you mentioned, the schedule primer. And, man, some weeks, if if you get the the right slash wrong teams on the list for the week, sometimes the options get slim in a hurry, man. Yeah, this is getting super slim. But I'm going to go with a guy who is at least playing consistent minutes uh, and playing on a team – I mean, I know he doesn't do a whole lot other than score, but that's important. P.J. Tucker is only owned in 34% of leagues. And P.J. Tucker hits threes and scores. I mean, he doesn't do much else, but he hits threes and scores. Well, and, and well, he gets some rebounds, too. Yeah, and, and here's the thing I've been saying about P.J. Tucker for the last five years, maybe more. Um, basically ever since he started playing 30 minutes a game in Phoenix, like a player grabbing you five to six rebounds, which he's averaged over six rebounds for three straight seasons. And then the last two years, he's been five and a half. So, and that includes this season, he's averaging five and a half. So it's really just last year that we can look at. Um, so that's, that's not great. But when you consider that this guy's like a small forward, like that's a pretty good rebound total. He's averaged 1.4 steals in three out of the last five years. And the other years are 1.3 and one, like that's a positive contribution in that category. And he's going to hit three pointers. He has been over 2.4 three pointers every year. His two years in Houston so far, you know, he's shooting. I'm I'm sorry. 
I was looking at the wrong thing. He is the last two years at Houston. He's averaged 1.4. And then this season he's over two three pointers. He just takes most of his shots or three pointers. He's not really going to score. You, you messed that one up. He's only averages 7.4 points a game for his career, but he's helping you in three categories. Like if I can get two, three pointers, six rebounds and 1.4 steals from a player, I'm pretty in on that. Yeah. Those are good stats to get off of your waiver. Um, but again, what I what yeah, I hold like, him, like probably not, because he's killing you in points. Like he's averaging eight and a half this year, and that's on some unsustainable shooting percentages. Like he's probably more like a seven point a game guy. That's pretty ugly. He's probably only going to block like point two or point three shots a game. He's going to give you like one to one point two assists a game. Like there's mm-hmm. a lot of ugly ugly numbers with the good numbers and that's why i say that pj tucker's a great stream on some weeks like if your team needs rebounds and steals and three pointers to win your week he's great but he's hurt, actively hurting you in things like points and blocks and assists and field field goal percentage free throw percentage like yeah it's yeah, it's not a hold. It's not a hold for a month. But let's say I'm forcing you to hold PJ Tucker for a month or Jeff Green for the next month. Who you, who are you taking for the next month? PJ Tucker. I'm not. A, I'm not gonna buy on the Jeff Greenness of Jeff Green. Like we've seen Jeff Green bubble up and kind of go back in a shell and bubble up and go back in a shell and. I mean, he's averaging more points, but there's like almost no defensive stats to go with it. He's going to average like assist one assist a game. We've never seen him average the rebounds Tucker can get. So, sure, the percentages might be slightly better, but there's not really any substance to them at all. Like, he's not a three point shooter. He's not 10 points. If you like 10 points, I guess. Um, so, I'm going to go Tucker there. At least Tucker's actively helping me in like three categories where. I don't know that Jeff Green's actively really helping me in any. That is super fair. Um, I like your analysis on those two guys. At least PJ Tucker is also consistently playing. And I feel like that even if PJ Tucker, you know, production kind of goes up and down a little bit, still he's getting that 30 plus minutes a game and there's just more opportunity to have a good game than a bad game while Jeff Green, like you said, is super inconsistent and kind of disappears every once in a while and could disappear for like two out of those four weeks over the next month. So that's a good call. I think it's actually a little tougher choice um, overall. Like it depends on how much faith you have in Jeff Green, but yeah, I'm just going to go with the consistency in the minutes because I always feel like that is the safest bet. And sometimes you got to be safe. That's it for our uh, our pickups and drops. You know, kind of a uh, a week where uh, a lot of players were. You know, we're in week five. A lot of players who had broken out. A lot of players who are needing to be owned in standard leagues. Basically, are being owned in standard leagues. I think you know, Rondé Hollis Jefferson might be the exception to that. Well, um, and Shane Gilgis, and the thing with the reason Shane yeah. just didn't really make the list for the weekly streamers is. The Clippers have a, a week where they only play three games, and the three games are on the very high volume schedule days. So he didn't, you know, get any publicity really. But he's kind of flying under the radar a little bit. Like if you're not paying attention, someone in your league might not really know about Shea Gilgis, and you can pick him up off the wire now and probably get some good production for the rest of the season. Um, you're gonna have to hold through this not so great week, though. Yeah, I'd pick him up as well. Um, I'm going to throw a couple other players out there who are owned in 60% of leagues or less. Uh, Justin Holiday and Bielitsa both um, are f- perfectly fine for what they are and I think are going to consistently play on their respective teams for the next month or so. So, like, you know, th- those are kind of the uh, – they're above 50, but they're below 60 um, ads that I feel like those are solid guys you can have either at the very least streaming, but at the most, if you're, you know, if you're really in the need for someone who's uh, playing consistent, you know, that's a guy you could replace one of your crappier guys with. So should we talk about the next week with the Thanksgiving craziness, or do you want to save that for a later day? Uh, Let's, let's save that for next week's primer. Um, We will talk about 
or uh, the Thanksgiving nonsense that happens every single year. Maybe not every single year, but it feels like it's it's happening a lot. Uh, but let's save that for next time, Tyler. Uh, Tyler, what do you have anything that you need to plug? Um, so if you're listening to this on a Tuesday morning when it comes out, um, you can only have to wait two days to listen to my buys and sells. Um, but you can maybe find a couple a little faster on uh, Fantasy Pros. That'll be out on Thursday morning. Um and other than that, no, not really. I got a lot of Dallas Mavericks stuff coming out, um, including a piece about five trades the Mavericks could make to maybe push them a little closer to playoff contention, which uh, people are excited to read. I don't know that I'm excited to put it out because yeah. I don't know that I'm very good at that kind of thing, but uh, it, it's ex- it's what the people want. People love trades. Also, I think the best thing the Dallas Mavericks could do is uh, – figure out a way to be recategorized categorized as an Eastern conference team. Uh, that would be the best way to make the playoffs in my opinion. Good luck with that Dallas. Um, but did have the pleasure of, um, you know, seeing Luka Doncic tear up the bulls, uh, tonight. So that, that made, that made my day cause the bulls got a loss and I got to see the two best rookies in the league go at it. Tyler. If you say so, Mike, I uh, feel free to tell me who's uh, the, the third best rookie over Wendell Carter Jr. Cause uh, it's false. Uh, well, Carter didn't have a great game tonight, um, but, but Carter is looking um, pretty good. The Bulls did themselves a favor on that one. Absolutely. Uh, actually during the game, uh, Rick Carlisle, or at least before the game said that if they were picking at the five spot, they would have ended up picking Wendell Carter Jr. So Atlanta helping both Dallas and the Bulls get ahead um, with their rebuilds. And that's that's very nice of Atlanta to do. Dude, so here's the thing. Would Dallas still have gotten Luka Doncic if they would have stayed at five? Hmm. Because I mean, the, the maybe Hawks, the Hawks are the wild card here. But, who is the fourth? Who is the fourth team? Oh come on, Mike! You know the answer to this question. Memphis. Yes. Man, I, I almost say no. And they, they, well, they were like from everything I've heard, they were in love with Jaron Jackson Jr. Like that's the guy they wanted. I would almost say no, though. I'd still say no. I don't know how Luka Doncic falls to five. Here's the thing, though. Do you think the Hawks were really on Doncic? Like no, they, uh, they obviously weren't. They right. obviously weren't. And so that's my point is like, so then if the Grizzlies were that now, I guess you could say the Hawks maybe picked Jaron Jackson Jr. and leaving the Grizzlies Doncic, but at the same time, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's how it goes down, man. I think the Grizzlies end up taking Doncic over Jaron Jackson Jr. That's what happens there. And then Dallas makes the decision between Wendell Carter and Jaron Jackson. And then Jared Jackson goes before the Bulls pick him. Well, no, because the Hawks have to pick get... somebody. So, like, the Hawks would have to pick at three. So, the Hawks would have to pick. Well, I mean, the Hawks could pick anybody. They could have yeah, picked Trey Young. Yeah, they probably would have picked Trey Young. Well, and here's <laughs> they probably would have picked Trey Young. Man. So, did you did you hear this? That they put the stipulation in that it was only available. They were only going to do the trade if Trey Young was available at five. Do you think Dallas was like, okay, <laughs> for sure. I hope that happens. I hope Trey Young is available at the fifth pick, you idiots. You guarantee they were calling Memphis, like, laughing, like, you're definitely not going to pick Trey Young, are you? <laughs> they didn't even bother to make the call, probably. They were like, yeah, we good. We good out here. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Atlanta. So shout out to Atlanta um, for sucking really bad at their scouting players. And uh, helping helping my favorite team and, uh, you know, a team that I, I've never really rooted against in the West. Like, I've never rooted against the Mavericks. Shout out to your Bulls for holding them to 11 points, though. I mean, that's the lowest he scored that's in right. a while. You, you could see they Hashtag were throwing a lot of people defense. at him. They were um, throwing a lot of different people at him. And and so this is another funny thing about the, the clamoring of fans or – I don't know what you want to call them. Non-Mavericks fans, maybe. Mavericks haters. 
that they like to say, oh, why are, well, Mavericks, you know. why are there Mavericks haters? Like, who hates the Dallas Mavericks? I don't know. So that's the lowest he scored since opening night. 11 points. He had 10 on opening night against Phoenix. And then 11 against the Bulls on Monday was the lowest he'd scored. But here's the thing. They'll be like, oh, well, that's only because defenses aren't paying attention to him. Like, starting with the first time they played the Jazz, the best player on the other team has guarded Doncic every game. And they started double teaming him in that Jazz game. Like, literally trying to actively get the ball in his hands. Like, starting with – and even the Raptors did it a little bit. Well, it's um, obvious. It's obvious how they the Dallas, Dallas runs everything through him. It's obvious how Dallas relies on him to score, to win, to play make. Like the kid is that good at this age. And then what's even better is that teams are throwing these defenses at him. His rookie year, he's going to get better. He's going to get used to these types of defenses and and, and learn how to to work around those. By the time he's a sophomore, yeah, and. This guy for fantasy, like there's not a guy, a lot of defensive stats, but we could be talking about next year a guy who can score 20 a game on really good percentages. With like, it depends on what the Mavericks do with the whole DeAndre Jordan thing, and if they find him another center. If they don't find like a big rebounding center, he could literally legitimately average like eight, nine rebounds a game. Like he's right in there, and it's him and DeAndre. They're the only two people like on most of the rebounds. Now DeAndre is taking a lot of those rebounds and most people even saw the little uh, gift thing where he, DeAndre stole the rebound from him. Um, But yeah, he could be a big rebounds guy and like five assists. So yeah, watch out. Yeah. Shout out to Luka Doncic for being awesome and shout out to the Atlanta Hawks for not. Uh, I think that's it for tonight. Uh, You can find us on Twitter. You can find me at watch the boxes. You can find Tyler at Tyler. P Watts, if you want to leave us feedback, if you have suggestions for the show, if you want to hear different topics, if you want us to go more, uh, bring up more dynasty and keeper questions, send them in. We, we want to do, uh, I think we're going to do another mailbag pretty soon. People seem to like that episode. Uh, we might start incorporating uh, listener questions into every episode. Uh, so let us know what you want. Let us know if you want us to do uh, some questions every single episode or, or more than just wait for mailbags. Uh, we'd be happy to do that, but you got to leave us feedback. Uh, you got to send it to us directly. Find us on Twitter at watch the boxes at Tyler P Watts. Or if you really want to get involved and have a direct line to us, our Patreon subscribers have helped uh, not just support the show, but uh, change the direction of the show towards uh, different topics. And we really appreciate all you Patreon subscribers out there. Shout out to all of you at patreon.com slash watching the boxes. Uh, you guys are all kicking my ass in the listener league, and I don't like you for that. Ooh, but Michael, there's a big announcement coming. Oh, what? This week. So this prepare week. yourself. All right, yes, listeners, prepare, yourself. prepare yourselves. Uh, Patreon subscribers will get this announcement uh, early, exclusively for Patreon subscribers. Uh, so if you want to get that announcement early to find out what that is, Patreon.com/slash/watching the boxes check it out we'll be back later this week with more fantasy basketball thanks a lot everybody and have a good one